0: Well, I I wanna give context to uh, sports in general because that's a very, very, very extensive community in the United States, whether it be uh, racket sports or golf or, uh, you you understand. So I I see a common denominator in sports and it's something that uh, I have an affinity for, always have had an affinity for and I wanna talk a little bit about. So any context about myself, I would, there are so many things a person could say about themselves, you know, where they're born and grew up and school and all that. But I want to talk more about my, my, uh, my context, the context of uh, sport. My family, when I was uh, very young, from the time I was born, owned a, uh, a house on a lake. And so uh, I learned how to swim at a very young age. And swimming is a solo sport. And I understood it as a solo sport. I didn't know going fast or competing or anything like that. You know, a five-year-old doesn't really know about those things. All I knew was that I liked gliding through the water and I got good at it. And the part I liked about it was the grace of it. It looked, I felt like a fish. And uh, fishes move through the water without being twitchy and splashy. They glide through the water. So I modeled my swimming to uh, to gliding. Not that I was swimming with the dolphins or had any supernatural experience of that kind, but uh, it, it was I swam around the lake, and it was a very rich experience for me. And then I had a, then I had my own canoe, uh, and I tried to replicate that grace in having a canoe with the uh, with the gliding of the paddle. With the uh, the grace of the motion of the paddle, and I also got to like that feeling. Also, there certainly was nothing competitive about that. Competitive about that, or going fast or going slow. But what enamored me was the smoothness of the motion, and the the grace of the motion, and the follow through of the motion. So I'm starting to my work my way into sport, because later I. Uh, I started to play ping pong, which I got probably pretty pretty good at, and then tennis, and then uh, golf later on, and uh, and pool, and all those all those sports have stroke to them. Stroke is is uh, is the basic element of of those, uh, whether it's a golf swing or a tennis stroke or a pickleball stroke. Uh, there is a certain grace and movement where a person is allowing, as Matthew says, their range of motion to be set free and not be <clears throat> not be uh, restricted by any of the things that can go wrong and by what your partner is going to say and all these kind of things that happen in competitive sports or when you're trying to perform. But I was fortunate enough not to be uh, exposed to that, so I always liked... The, the stroke and the follow through. And I found that uh, that uh, learning, that uh, training period, uh, which I felt was very natural, allowed me to enter into other areas of life, or whether it was finance or whether it was uh, building things and uh, these things that Matthew's talking about going to, uh, do social work in foreign countries where people are in need. That stroke and follow through is a theme in my life, and I can talk about stroke and follow through, and about in about uh, any subject there is. But uh, since I was basically a, a, a little guy, never weighed much more than 145 pounds, uh, football, the football and basketball were really not as available to me as the, the, the stroke sports. So that's what I learned, stroke and follow through.
1: One of the things that um, inspired this, I thought was this idea about stroke and Justin recently got on, on Twitter for the first time and, and putting some of his ideas in these short forms. and I'll read that one about stroke. I think it's fantastic. If, If we could find the glorious and natural experience of a graceful stroke in whatever endeavor we choose, whether it be sports or life or even commerce, we might find that the priority of winning that we so often assume is essential becomes much lower than we might suspect. Now that brings up something a little controversial to a pickleball player. (laughs) (laughs) What about this winning part of it?
0: Well, uh, uh, winning is part of life. You know, uh, that's what we would prefer to win than uh, than to lose. But the attachment to winning and the necessity of winning and the pressure to winning is not a pleasant ple- uh, pressure to feel because sometime uh, we will win and uh, Matthew uh, won the national championship as a younger man, but now probably would be hobbling around the court a few years later and, and some youngster would... would uh, mm-hmm. Put the ball in the corners, and he would stumble around like that. So uh, sometimes, sometimes you win, and sometimes you don't win. So for winning to be the the uh, uh, really the aim of a, of an endeavor, whether it be business or investing, or you know, it certainly is the idea. But life is is certainly richer if one. Uh, develops the stroke and follow through, and uh, even in a business meeting, there's a really wonderful book called Siddhartha, uh, it's uh, a book by Herman Hesse, and he describes uh, very, very ancient interaction with, uh, uh, with uh, a man who goes out and he's uh, looking to explore the world, and he becomes a, a businessman. But since his training was, was you might say, esoteric or spiritual, he wanted to do business in a different way. So the way he interacted with the people that he met was he got to know them, he got to like them, he got to do things with them, and he also sold grain to them. But if they didn't need the grain, or they didn't want to buy the grain, or they couldn't afford the grain, he would say, okay, next year we'll do that. Mm-hmm. And this year we'll do this. and uh, his his employer had a difficult time with it. As if you have that attitude, your partner might have a difficult time <laughs> with that. If they're if they have the killer instinct, but uh, it, it is not the best way to live uh, an enriched life because there are so many areas where sometimes it goes that way and that sometimes it doesn't go that way. You know, certainly you know in business if you're doing a negotiation of a kind and a lot of people I think. Uh, that are involved in in leisure sports have have leisure and uh, have some affluence and probably have some experience in business or if they don't have some experience, they have to get some experience and dealing with negotiations, it certainly is better to make friends to be to be mellow to be <clears throat> uh, to be okay with how it goes, especially if you see the signs going in a certain way. You know if you want to buy a house maybe the price will come down, maybe it won't come down, maybe if you want to sell a house, you know, whatever it is. Winning and losing is is a, is a pressure situation. Mm-hmm. And although uh, the culture is based on it and we can't pretend like it's not, that uh, attached to winning and losing is is very different. Mm-hmm.
1: I think this relates to something I thought would uh, be interesting to hear you talk about, which is a lot of times I'll get asked. Or I hear players talk about the anxiety they feel on court, especially you get into a tournament and all that, and then they suddenly they can't play because they're dealing with all this. And it seems related, but I wonder if there's more you'd say about that and like the negativity that we have.
0: Right. Well, from what I know about racket sports, I know when you when you did your lem- demonstration that that scrunched up face <laughs> with a little with a little twitchy motions when you're nervous and you're uh you know i know that most mostly from ping pong from table tennis that there are some people that play like this mm. they hit the ball like that and there's so much potential of fluidity mm-hmm. in hitting hit and we have played ping pong before mm-hmm. and i know you know that and and so much so much grace and possibility of feeling good about hitting the ball and and you use the expression sweet spots that is the best feeling in sports mm. Uh, hitting the sweet spot and for a baseball player when they really connect to the ball Mm -hmm. you know they feel good now of course they have the pressure of okay the ball got caught you know or there was or I didn't run fast enough or they made a great fielding play Mm -hmm. so that that all complicates it but the sweetness of of of, uh, the natural part of sport Mm -hmm. is really what what makes it rich and from my view uh, movement in sport is natural. Movement in sport is not, <clears throat> uh, is, is not memorized. Now, uh, hmm. I know this because, say in golf, golf seems to be a really arbitrary movement. It seems to be. But uh, something every beginner has to learn in golf is keep your head down. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always going to keep your head down, <laughs> keep your head down. Now you're swinging at the ball on the ground, so you obviously have your head down. Now why wouldn't you keep your head down? Because you want to keep, pick it up to see where the ball goes. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason, because you're worried that it's going to go in the woods, it's going to go in the water, it's not going to go far enough. So worrying is what's picking your head up. Uh, yeah. Naturalness, you would not pick your head up. You would follow through. And follow through is also something that's natural. Mm -hmm. Life is a sequence of following through. Hmm. But we rarely follow through, so our motions are herky-jerky. And we don't follow through because we're on to what's next already.
2: Hmm.
0: And once you hit the ball, following through means you're going to continue with that stroke. If you already hit the ball, okay, I hit the ball, what do I do now? And then you don't follow through. So the naturalness, the natural flow, in my opinion, is, uh, is stroke and follow through. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be memorized or it doesn't have to be imitated. You know, there are people, I'll give you another example, But I'm not going on too long about this. Like, in golf, the ball is on the ground. Now, we, we don't grow up learning about the ball on the ground. Certainly not from being uh, From being young people in in the Western world or in the United States We learn about baseball or with little kids we learn about I don't know the name of the game But with the ball sits on a stand t-ball t-ball. Yeah, we learn that so we're swinging We're swinging here.
1: Uh-huh.
0: We're swinging like this now the golf ball is on the ground in order for you to st- swing like this, you'd have to be laying on the ground <laughs> yeah. and you're not laying on the ground. So the natural mov- movement, the normal movement for us is we're going to swing at the golf ball like a baseball, mm-hmm. but it's not on the ground. So we naturally have to, uh, uh, adapt to something different, but it is natural. A golf swing is natural to hit a ball off the ground, Yeah, but we're, since we don't really believe it's natural we believe we have to memorize it but if we could relax as you described let a range of motion loose let our bodies dance in a way Mm -hmm. then i think we find a lot more naturalness in sport than uh, than otherwise
1: wow i've never thought of that in the way of that it's not memorized but that's it i mean for the extent i feel i have it with some racket sports it's it's like I learned to swing, and then corrected for the errors, but not like learned how to swing and put it all in this trunk junky thing together. And so it's—it seems like it's that willingness to stroke and follow through and be with it and kind of trust. I don't to say trust the outcome, but that you're not so gripped to it,
0: especially in the beginning. Uh-huh. You know, and you see when you're teaching a your kid something. I've taught swimming to kids. And the first the way I've, I've talked about this before because it's really meaningful to me I've taught adults to swim too that had never swum uh, That that if you learn to lay on the water You learn to make friends with the water the water is not your enemy hmm. But most people see the water as their. I can't breathe in there. I can't breathe in there It's my enemy, mm-hmm. but it's the water the water will hold your weight Just as with a with a a, a baby A baby's learning to walk first, the baby learns to stand. Okay, you stand and you're kind of a little wobbly, but okay. The ground is not your enemy, the air is not your enemy. Mm -hmm. You're okay on the ground. Mm -hmm. You're okay laying in the water. And then you can start moving forward. And I think, I I like the way that you presenting this pickleball, pickleball training because you make friends with the ball and the racket. Mm These things are an extension of you. They're not your enemy. Yeah. You're not dealing with an adversary. Right. And so often we think of every adjunct that we get. You know, you don't know computers. You go to business. You know, you have a computer. It's your enemy. You have to, you're going to uh, compete with this computer to figure out how it works. And it's going to try to defy you hmm. to, to make sure you don't know how it works. Or whatever the equipment you're talking about is. The same gym equipment is like that. You walk into... Uh, a gym, and you see these devices, and it almost looks like you're in a, the basement of a torture chamber from middle of medieval times, and you're wondering what is this thing going to do to me? You know, hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to grab it, and it's going to, it's going to wrench me, you know, in half or something like that. But so it's a matter of making friends. It's real about making friends.
1: Hmm. Right, I thought of uh, something I wanted to ask you about when you were talking about sweet spot as well. And that, um, that idea of being with something and not looking where it's going to go in golf or a pickleball or wherever that is. You're like anxious to go there. And that, I don't know what we call it, but uh, one word I might use is, is presence, of how to be there with it. And it's something, I remember when I wrote this up, I almost said I felt like I had an unfair advantage court because of what I've learned from you about that and to the, to the extent that I've uh, opened that up a bit more it feels like being there with the ball and being there for the moments of it um, and I wonder if you have something you could say about that there's
0: a lot uh, I mean people know that people know the phrase to be here now people know that if you're here with something uh it's a richer experience in if you're in the past and in the future something that's always struck me is because i watch football i like football and uh and football is a game that continuously moves along and there are 12 people out there they're running plays and they all have different jobs and the coaches it's not a it's not a, a haphazard game everyone in every play has an assignment and some people are screwing up their assignments and some people aren't and the coach is standing there on on the sideline and he sees a major screw up and this major screw up may lead to a fumble or may lead to something that's not good i know there's some philadelphia eagles fans out there Of course, (laughs) i've run into some of them joe and andy i think (laughs) so (laughs) from naples naples isn't it just north of naples yeah yeah north of naples Uh, to, as, a, as an aside, Bonita Springs. I think. Where is it again? Bonita Springs. I think. Yeah. yeah, they were very, very generous to us and and hosted us when we were down there to help out for uh, after uh, uh, one of the hurricanes that came through in a in a small town near there, and they they made sure we got taken care of when we were down there. So uh, uh, back to football, uh, watching the coach, what something you have to notice watching the coach is the coach can't get mad for long because then the next play is there. Hmm. And if the coach continues to be mad and it's almost impossible to see how they can't continue to be, they have to just cut it off. And they have to say, say their player does some screw up. Now, if they, if they make it hard for that player, the player's going to get back there, out there and screw up again. Mm -hmm. So they have to say, you know, it's okay. You know, like, let's move on, let's move on, let's move on. And I think the moving on is, is really the most challenging thing for us. Because <clears throat> when, we, when we do anything that doesn't come out as we want it to, whatever uh, life avenue that involves, we start to talk to ourselves about it. We start to, uh, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Why'd they do that? Uh, I wish I hadn't done that, and things like that. And then we lose what you're calling presence. We lose the idea that okay, now we have to be here for the next thing, and we're not here for the next thing. In in uh, poker, it's called steaming. Hmm. You know, something bad happens, something you don't want happens, and you start to steam, and all the players around the table uh, become sharks in the water <laughs> because the. They know the person who's steaming is going gonna, is gonna to do something stupid. So the idea is, is if you're here now and you do something that's not as it should be, you leave it go. And also, so that's dealing with the past. There's also dealing with the future. You know, if you're, if you're planning the future more than a moment ahead, whatever, whatever that future is, you're going to lose something of the present. There's somebody who once said, uh, uh, "Well, I'd, I'd probably screw up the, the quote, so I'm not going to say it. But it's something like that. There is a, a grace in the moment, and the further you get into the future, the less you're you're a recipient of that grace in the moment. And um, I've seen that I've seen that in just about any endeavor, you know, whether even as an endeavor like meditation." If you are thinking about something in the past or you're thinking about something in the future, you can't be here now, whether it's your, with your breath or a mantra or a candle or whatever you're trying to still yourself
1: with. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I'm struck with the metaphor, both of the football coach and the steaming and poker, where both of those, like if you're steaming and poker, you might lose a lot of money. So you've got some motivation to probably stop that. And so does the football coach, but like the talking to myself, or, I mean, I'm thinking pickleball, too, If like, you might go on for a while and hold on to that thing, and, because it doesn't have, we don't think we're paying for it, but we're paying for it dearly. Um, There was one of these other quotes that I thought related to this, of the, that talking to ourselves part, so, one of the reasons is another quote of Justin's. One of the other one of the reasons we talk to ourselves constantly is because we are always on guard that sometime soon we will be performing one of our acts. Naturalness doesn't take any preparation, but performance does. So we are perpetually rehearsing with inner dialogue. With that.
0: Yeah, that's that's heavy. <laughs> we start with a racquetball game. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's heavy, but it's something that we have to address, because uh, uh, life uh, does include uh, its heavier elements, and, and self-image is one of the things we carry around. We, we build it, and I've said before, uh, it's like a stew we've cooked up all our lives, and uh, we want people to like it. We want to be liked, we want to be appreciated, we want to be uh, impressive. Whatever, however it is we've cooked. If we've cooked up a spicy dish, we want to be spicy. We, don't, we cook up, uh, you know, something sweet, we want it to be sweet. We want, don't want somebody to say, well, that's not sweet. Uh, talking about our personality now, I'm talking about. Because we put so much energy into uh, 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 developing it. And that energy comes out in our protecting of that image our protecting of that image in just about whatever circumstances we're in so that we are <clears throat> very vigilant of when that image is in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, so we put together our defenses and prep, prepare for those, uh, for those dangers. You know, it doesn't have to be a job interview. It can be a, any interaction. It can be a party. Uh, it can be getting together with somebody that we're not used to, get to getting together with, or sometimes it can be even getting together with somebody that we are used to getting together with. But we are on guard, and so much of what we do is stressful because there is a performance element to it. It's not that politeness isn't good, but that politeness as a performance is is uh, is a pressure, and we do pay for that. Mm-hmm not being able to be who you are. So you see a situation that you've heard, this requires. Uh, this situation requires having a big vocabulary, this situation requires looking a certain way, and then you do everything you can to be that, and you're on guard the whole time, and it's, it's stressful. So then you finally get home, and you're exhausted, and you don't know why you're exhausted and you close yourself in your room and in your house and you say, oh my, thank God, that's over because, and you don't know what you went through that caused you all this stress. Hmm. And certainly we could use the metaphor of, of, uh, of competitive sports, that you're, you're uh, uh, revving yourself up to, some, to something so that you almost have to play better than you are. Uh-huh. You know, and having to play better than you are is not a way to play better than you are. Mm-hmm. Being a, and you see this in some sports when when a team is way behind, they just let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, they're throwing the ball, they're running, they're trying all the plays that, that they decided wouldn't work or whatever it is, you know. Or if the baseball team is way behind, you know, they put in somebody who's, uh, who was it, Robert Redford in the movie. <laughs> You know, they put in uh, somebody who hasn't been in the game before, yeah, give them oh, yeah. a chance, let mm-hmm. them in, you know, whatever it is. when Or if they're winning by so much that they're not at risk, you mm-hmm. know. So it, it's nice to be able to relax. but And relaxation, in our view, takes some very specific circumstances. I need this to relax, I need that. No, if it includes that, I can't relax. It has to be this. No, with that person being there, I won't relax. So we set up everything, and then one of the variables changes, and now we're not relaxed. Mm-hmm. So and relaxation is a beautiful thing. It means that we're natural. It means that we're our stroke is there, yeah. and our follow through is there in whatever we're doing. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's making food for people
1: or or uh, or whatever. Right. Hmm. That, uh, that reminded me of something that I, I've, like a way I've translated some of that into pickleball is the idea of your performance is equal to your potential minus interference. So that idea, like if you're, if you're trying to be better than you are, then you're interrupting your potential, your possibility into that naturalness and possibility. And I, I see that I think so when people come, either they talk after a tournament or something, like, oh, I could have played so much better, and they've got that extra pressure that just... I mean, neurologically, there's even studies of, like, it shuts down your muscles and your blood flow and all this, but... And what I think you're talking about is, like, it's happening all the time, just but not... And we can talk about sports as one place that it shows up. Another aspect that I think is clear to me on the pickleball court that I've learned from you, and I think it relates to what we're talking about, but that is of control and what we think we need and circumstances to be okay and how, how much it becomes like a never-ending quest after more of it. And I wonder if you could say something about that.
0: Well, uh, certainly people in our culture have learned that control is the goal. And, we've, and basically money is the way to get control, because if you have money, then you can predict uh, where you'll go, who you'll know, what you'll have to do, what you won't have to do, and the more money you have, supposedly, it doesn't always work that way, uh, the more money, that's, that's the promise, the more money that you have, the more uh, of control that you have. Uh, uh, there is something to that But the misuse of that asset or that flexibility uh, is also very interesting because uh, there are instances where uh, you will be surprised and sometimes being surprised is, uh, uh, is really the gateway to something that you haven't experienced before. And if you get to set up everything so that you're not surprised, then you're denying yourself one of the options of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard Cohn says in one of his songs, you who would leave everything that you cannot control, it begins with your family and soon come ra- comes round to your soul. And I've seen that to be the case, that uh, our, our programming has been so thorough in in this idea of of being able to predict what will happen and if you can't predict what will happen get insurance of some kind that will uh, even out your situation if you can't predict what happens Mm -hmm. and i don't only mean the property insurance or life insurance or health insurance i mean insurance of some way so that if you go to a party and there are people there and you don't really feel what's called comfortable there, you don't know how to negotiate, you don't ha- know how to achieve your ordinary level of control, that you will be able to leave. So you park yourself closer to the door. Mm-hmm. And that's your method, so you will leave yourself options. And options are what we've been taught. The person with the most options is the most fortunate person. but. Uh, sometimes a person has an experience, I've had experiences. I had one in particular in a foreign country where I was uh, scheduled to leave on a plane. And, uh, and uh, they gave my seat away. So I had to find something to do there. And I uh, didn't like the idea. I had it all set up that I would be leaving and that would be it. And I had the control. But then the airline took the control away from me. And uh, I had to hang around there, and I met some people and That experience is part of what happened to me to allow me to experience what uh followed that and I wouldn't be sitting here uh, talking to you and you wouldn't have regard for what you've learned from me had I not had that experience where I was out of control now i wasn't out of control in a life and death situation, it mm-hmm. certainly wasn't that, and I certainly wouldn't. Advise that, but if a person buttons down all their possibilities and protects themselves from every unknown, they also protect themselves from unknowns that could open doors that could be extremely enriching.:
1: mm-hmm. So let's say someone agreed with that philosophically, and but it's clear they devoted themselves. I mean money's like the clearest of where that. It's like, well what am I supposed to do what? This is this is all I've known. This is what, and there's nothing around most anybody to tell them otherwise, except more of that is better. Like, if someone were hearing this, what what would they do with that, or how could they make use of it?
0: I I I have a lot of confidence in people's ability to uh, uh, come up with healthy conclusions if they will, if people will take the time to explore and examine their situation i think a lot of confusion happens and a lot of suffering happens because people don't take the time to see okay what's going on here how how am i involved in self-destructive behavior not so much how are they doing it to me but what am i doing that's self-destructive what am i doing that's causing me pain what is my doing that's closing doors and i i have a lot of confidence that if people could take the time and really explore those questions or find like-minded people that are willing to explore those questions mm-hmm. not necessarily saying give your money away or or, uh, or go hitchhike around the country i'm not talking about anything severe i'm talking about reexamination. Mm-hmm. Reexamination re uh, is something that happens in a phase of life when a person starts to recognize repetition. And it's hard not to start to recognize repetition. If you can, if you uh, have an even modestly examined life, you know that whatever you've done and you've done and you've done, if you move it from one state to another state, you know, you move, you live in uh, California, you move to Arizona, Everything's not going to be different just because you move to Arizona because whatever you've done you've done you've done, you've done, and as wiser people than I have said, uh wherever you go there you are you understand so uh the idea of uh, of repetition is not a difficult one to picture in one's life. You know you get a big house and then you get a nice car and then you move to a quiet place and then you're in the country and then and then you think well, no, this isn't working out, there's one other tweak necessary. Well, at some point in this sequence of tweaking, a person can start asking questions. Well, maybe the next tweak is not the answer. Mm -hmm. Maybe some opening is the answer. And as I say, I don't ever uh, uh, recommend anything radical, any giving up, any, uh, you know, it's the re-examination. Because I think, if a person is willing to re-examine, they will come up with answers they haven't come up with before. Mm-hmm.
1: Something you said in there. Pretty reasonable, huh? <laughs> not, not crazy. <laughs> um, let's see if I can get back to what I was thinking. Oh, right. About, um, you said something in there about that it requires slowing down to be able to do this. And I, from studying myself, from watching that out, it seems like everything's just going faster. And I am relating this too to one of my favorite things I actually have on my fridge is your uh, description about what it takes to make room for the Spirit and what what that might mean to you or to someone. Um, and it requires some of this. And I wonder if you could speak to that. Of like, it seems like... Even if, if someone agreed with that idea, the idea of slowing down, there's nothing to support that either.
0: Well, COVID-19. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so we're in, we're in a time where, uh, and I don't make light of it because a lot of people have uh, experienced a lot of pain. People have died. People have had loved ones who died. People have loved ones who've been ill and then worried. I had a friend whose wife, uh, had COVID and she recovered okay, but the worry in that, you know, and, and we've been programmed to worry. We certainly couldn't not worry if we, you know, uh, about that situation and uh, anything that's that's can potentially be that severe is something we worry about now. If it is worrying a good or not good, that's a whole another question. But we do worry, and uh, so. Uh, uh, we're we're now somewhat confined. Mm-hmm. I mean certainly have whatever your attitude is toward this particular uh, uh, Phenomena, uh, and I I I recognize that there are different attitudes possible. Mm-hmm. There's no particular right answer uh, People say hooray from my side, but uh, you know you can see like a 21 year old person has got a Stay in their house and never go out. You know that's how, if I were a twenty one year old person, I would wonder about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd feel so good about that. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, yeah, but the old people are going to get it, and so you're responsible for them. Well, I don't know if I want to be responsible for that. you know I understand that there's a lot of different attitudes people have, and i'm not I wouldn't profess any right thing or attitude to do. I have what I do, uh, but i don't I don't uh, promote it. So, but it does give us an advantage. It is a blessing in that way, even though it is a, a curse in other ways, uh, that we can re-examine the activity that we have and we can uh, opt, potentially, for reading, for listening to music, for learning how to play an instrument, or if we, play an in- if we do know how to play an instrument a little, learn how to play it a little more, uh, uh, Maybe if we if our habit is to watch uh, uh, idiot relief kind of things and I don't say that with uh, With uh, any negativity because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan Mm -hmm. So I understand idiot relief and I don't condemn it in any way whatsoever But also there are documentaries which are interesting and people can uh, uh, Alter their lives so that the sequence and the low the the the, uh, the quantity of what I call content, is not so pervasive. And, uh, because if you can't do it now, you're probably not going to do it mm-hmm. when, when, when and if, and hopefully this situation changes, that we're not uh, that restricted. Uh, so I would advise a person to uh, take advantage of these really weird circumstances, and they are weird. There are things that books are read, written about, and you know the restrictions that we have, and take advantage of, it and have it not be only a negative thing. Learn how to slow down. There are exercises even that people do to uh, to slow down, uh, and that's always an interesting thing to do as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I've thought of this time too as like an opening for that, and and potentially, I don't, I'm not in contact enough to know people are, but if that there's some idea, there, maybe there's another possibility to this. And since we're not at breakneck speed through it, it can be open to that. And I, wanna, I thought this was related to it about um, the rocket ship or your metaphor of that, that if our lives are a launching pad, then where is our rocket ship? We certainly have learned the value of building and improving and re-improving it does it have a function other than to make us comfortable? Have we forgotten that it was meant to launch a rocket ship?
0: Well, I think, I think everybody knows. I mean, we, have, we all have our heroes. Most of them are no longer alive because it's hard to have a hero that's living because whenever you have a hero, hero that's living, you also hear about their defects. <laughs> so uh, so um, most of our uh, heroes are no longer alive. Uh, but we know that there have been people, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Gandhi or, or uh, Nelson Mandela or whoever, your George Washington, whoever your heroes are, Hopalong Cassidy, who was one of my heroes on The Lone Ranger mm-hmm. as a kid, and that uh, we know that there are people that have either very strong uh, ethical uh, uh, connections where they will do good they have a a strong moral connection to themselves where they're true to some ethos of their own and we see stories about that and we know all those stories aren't fanciful. Maybe even we have crossed paths with somebody that has, with some people that have uh, 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 attributes of that kind and they're not superhuman attributes. Now we've been, program to think that, you know, it's about Spider-Man and Superman and superheroes and like that. But there are there are heroes, certainly heroes among us. Every once in a while we see uh, a documentary about an inner city teacher who really is dedicated to the students and doesn't make much money and doesn't get much uh, accolades, gets really no accolades and makes very little money, but is dedicated to what they're doing. and and i I see all these uh altruistic and and uh uh ethical and moral uh uh attitudes as going toward you might say going toward the light and we know we know how to do this thing called build a launching pad, and the launching pad is is important we want to be secure okay we're we're entitled to be secure. We want to have a place to live. We want to have food, clothing, and shelter, and a little more, and a little more than that, and a little more than that. But at some point, a little more even than that starts to look like, okay, is that is that it? Mm-hmm. And people ask these questions, uh, is that it? And they start to seek some higher ground. And I think that, that seeking of higher ground is really important, and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be spiritual higher ground. It has to be something that's that maybe, in your view, is is uh, something to do with the heroes that you've known, hmm. the the giving people, the dedicated people, the self-sacrificing people. You know, whatever that that those attributes are not are not uh, metaphysical or superhuman. They are within our capacity. They are within your capacity. But of course, if you're dedicated to the the glorification of your launching pad, that rocket ship is going to be very challenging to nurture. Yeah.
1: I'd comment, but it's like you say it all. So uh, I I wanna let people know that in a moment I'll be looking to and see if there's any things you'd like Justin to talk about or things you wonder about, and we'll look through that. but I got a text from my mom today with a question that I thought uh, to see what you'd say about it. She said, What about asking him what gets him up in the morning and puts his feet on the ground with excitement for the day?
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, uh, I've been doing what I've been doing for a really long time. Uh, I just fell into it and I fell into being a, a, a teacher, or a guide, or whatever you, you would call it, because I was instructed by somebody who was my, my mentor to do that. I was not pleased with the instruction, I didn't like the idea, I didn't have that type of personality that wanted to save the world, or help people, or anything like that. I, I liked what the, the inner peace that I had, and I figured, okay, that's it, I got inner peace. You guys do whatever you want to <laughs> do, so, but he told me to go ahead and i uh and and I went ahead to do that so and I've been doing that uh, <clears throat> um I've been doing that ever since. It seems like it's an unending adventure i haven't seen seen the the uh the the final door to it. It seems like it always there's always open doors there. I like it. I, I like discovering something that hasn't been discovered before. I even in this, uh, in this new challenge of, of being part of Twitter, which I had never done until a month and a half ago. And now I'm, I'm uh, uh, pretty much every day think of something that I understand and mm-hmm. put into words. And then in Twitter, you have to have a certain number of letters. I don't, do you know how many I don't know how much it is. 300 letters or 200 whatever it is yeah and you have to squeeze it into that so obviously I talk you know and when I talk I don't have to squeeze anything into anything I just talk but here you have to do that so I find it a challenge and I have fun and I laugh at myself at doing it and it's uh, but still there's a service in it and I feel it's useful for people to read these ideas I'm not looking to to get famous. I'm not looking to get people to come to me and say, okay, help me, help me, help me. But I think it's useful for people to hear uh, ideas in maybe in a configuration that they wouldn't have heard before. Mm -hmm. I also write, I've written four books and they're, you know, available. I don't, uh, the money that I get from them goes to charity. So I don't really need money. I don't do anything for money. I have, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be like a lot of the people, pickleball people you know I'm retired basically Mm -hmm. and so I uh, I'm uh, I don't nothing I do is for money and so I but I write I like to write and I like even right now I'm reading one of the books that I wrote and I'm really getting a kick out of it Mm -hmm. because it's a a financial espionage novel and it's been a lot it's been enough time that I didn't remember how it's put together. So I'm reading it uh, like, a, like a reader would be. And every once in a while, I'm saying, wow, this is really a good book, <laughs> and, uh, and having fun reading. So I write, I read, I talk to people, I mm-hmm. live with people. We have projects, and, and we're somewhat uh, uh, restricted. We're very restricted from what we've done before because every year, pretty much, we've taken on a project, a considerable project, uh, in foreign countries or here. Uh, I described uh, the hurricane relief, in which we've done, and we did it after Katrina, we did in North Carolina, we did it in Florida, but we've also built Canada. that school in, in uh, Cambodia, and, and uh, that you mentioned, the uh, clinic in Cambodia and Burma, and we've done stuff really all over the world, and I see that very much part of what I consider this learning process to learn how other people live and what other people need. Mm-hmm. It really, if it doesn't do anything else, it makes you question the things you think you're missing.
2: Right.
0: But I wanna say something since your mother, since your mother, you mentioned your mother, uh, and you said, uh, you said early in this that how significant that I was to you, there's really no one in life that's ever going to be as significant as your parents are significant. Mm-hmm. It can't be. They, they can't be. Mm-hmm. Because whatever they did, whatever you liked, whatever you didn't like, however you thought they were or however you thought they weren't, they put in the energy to put you in the position that you're in now and you wouldn't be in it now. So if you value the position you're in now and everybody has some valuation their position they're in now. You have to go back there, you know. Mm-hmm. My parents are no longer alive, but frequently I look at a situation I and I think, there's no way that, uh, that I would be who I am now if they hadn't been who they were then. And it's not like they were spiritual or esoteric or teacher, they were both attorneys mm-hmm. and uh, We had, really, in a way, very little in common, but, uh, hey.
1: Amen. Yeah. Um, You...
0: I hope my kids are listening.
1: Uh, boy, there's a lot of them I wrote down and see anywhere we can go, but, um, you mentioned like the time of life and you're, I wouldn't say retired because you don't know if you would say you went from something to retired, but like living that way. And I think in the pickleball community, there's, um, certainly not all, but the majority is 50 plus or in that range. And I've always been struck by this about the idea of stages of life and you wrote about um, that we begin life with a time for exploring the world around us and later a time for confusion. What the fuck is life all about? Then a time for coming home to the inner reality. We can't avoid going through these stages, but what we can do is live each one fully, be brave and take chances. Do you want to say anything about that? No. Okay.
0: (laughs) I think that pretty much says it. Uh I think that there's... Something to be said for, for uh, probably the most significant thing for to, uh, to know about that in one's impact on another person is that uh, young people should be encouraged to explore. Uh, they should be uh, encouraged to take chances. And <clears throat> uh, just because everybody has their idea of what's a good thing to do and what's not a good thing to do. Uh, if if you have influence over a young person, in my opinion, the best thing that you can do is uh, is allow them to have the natural courage that people have to explore the world to see what it has to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you said there's some. What is that column on the left side? What is that?
1: Oh, there. I've <laughs> seen a lot of people here. Okay. Um, Let's, uh, Christina wrote in, I hear many players in sports comment on the high of being in the zone. My understanding of this state is being aware in every moment due, due to the need of complete focus and awareness to keep up with the activity. Could this be seen as a first step or training on the pathway to consciousness? And wouldn't it be true that you, Justin, are in the zone in each moment?
0: Uh... Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice phrase. It's a nice idea. It's a beautiful experience, and and the uh, <clears throat> the sports is certainly one of the ways that uh, that that can be experienced, at least physically. But also, it uh, that experience can be intellectual as well. If uh, if you're trying to figure out something, if you're thinking through something, and it's just coming through clear to you, you're trying to put some ideas together, some thoughts together. Uh, intellectually a person can be in the zone and probably most valuably, a person could be emotionally in the zone where a person really feels the nature of the, of the life around them, feels the nature of the human life around them, feels the nature of, of the, the other natural life around them. Uh, that is an extraordinary feeling and uh and a, one of the a natural capacities of a human being mm-hmm. to be in that zone i would say <clears throat> whatever training you have to recognize that recognize that there is a zone which i call that a four vision of a kind where a person has an experience where they see that everything kind of fits together in this scenario not through manipulation not like uh in the A-Team, the guy used to say, I love when a plan comes together. <laughs> He's talking about manipulating other people, manipulating circumstances. I'm I'm talking about much more a passive experience of that there is a zone, and if your resistance decreases, that zone is what's there. You know, meditation is very much like that. It's not something you do or try or force yourself into. If you remove those the obstacles, the the, uh, the inner dialogue and the restlessness, then there is a zone there. There's a there is a, a a natural something, and that forevision, whether that forevision comes physically, emotionally, or intellectually, it's a gift to have that forevision because then you know there is something called being in the zone, and the rest is alike uh, what Paul Simon called in One Trick Pony all the herky-jerky movements and the things that we do, all the herky-jerky motions, you know, that that are really not in the zone, look so different. Now, people have done all kinds of things to have a forevision of this zone, whether it's drugs or alcohol or or, uh, uh, living in the woods or, you know, sailing by themselves across the ocean. Uh, people, it is valuable to get a four vision, but to be addicted to getting four visions is not the same as to recognize the gift of the four vision is I see that when I play this sport, sometimes I just feel like time stands still and I 'm just flowing and The uh, very first thing I talked about was when I was six years old, I would get in the lake and I would swim around the lake and uh, uh, and I would feel like I was a fish. I would feel like this is my natural habitat. I was in the zone as a child in that way, in the water. Uh, <clears throat> and, then, and I learned from that experience, and for some reason it stuck with me, that there is, that there is uh, 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 stroke and follow-through in whatever you do, whether it's business or uh, finance or cooking, or there's stroke and there's follow-through. Uh, And any time you get a forevision of this, it's an example of what's possible in life. And you should be more greedy for more moments of that kind. And that particular greediness will never cause you to take anything from anyone else. That natural pride that we have in being able to feel like we're human beings that are in the flow is... It's our uh, it's our gift as human beings, and it is not an exclusive gift where you'd think I have it and you don't don't have it. I'm young and you're old. I'm male and you're female. I'm black and you're white. I'm uh, a Native American and you're you're uh, something else. And whatever it is, th- that particular gift is non-exclusive. The human gift, and mm-hmm. part of that human gift, is that. Uh, that we can we can be in the flow and we should be we should be uh, like Don Juan said we should be hunters we should be hunters for that flow
1: I love that Wow, to be able to be greedy for something that takes nothing from someone else and is part of the human experience available to us I'm Imagining if I was out there, I'd want to ask this question. Well, how do you do that? How does that if someone wants that? How does that get nurtured or brought out or?
0: Well, if it weren't natural you know, I I saw a documentary about the, the When they started building skyscrapers in New York City, it had never been done before and It was a new concept that you go vertical They've never, you know, so they started with this, and that, well, you can never do that, you can never do that, you can never do that. Because they're, these human creations are always a question, can you do it? Can you go tw- 20 stories, 40 stories, 60 stories, 80 stories? Can you do this? I mean, what's, is the wind gonna blow it over? What's hmm. the story there? So, uh, what's the story, how many mm-hmm. stories? So, uh, but in this particular regard, we're talking about something that's natural. And anything that's natural uh, only requires removing what's unnatural for that natural thing to be there. You know, when we see, you, see, <clears throat> you could walk through a, a bunch of people and, you, and, and ignore them all, and then you see a little baby, or you see a little puppy, and you look. Now, it's not like all of a sudden you're seeing something you had not seen before, but you are numb, hmm. and that numbness is removed by the power of that innocence, what you see. You know, in the field we have, we just had some new calves born, hmm. and you go by and you look at them, and you just gotta look at those babies. <laughs> now they're getting a little bigger, so maybe not so easy to look at, but when they do little things, or there deer run around here, and they hop, 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 it's impossible not to look at them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like all of a sudden we're learning how to look. but the power of that innocence removes the obstacles to what 's natural to us, and it 's what what i 'm describing is natural to us i don 't know anything that a human being can do in terms of anything that i 've talked about that has to be built it all it's all a process of removing obstacles the obstacles that that were there that are there because We've learned how to strive and, and, and accomplish and, and protect and do all those things, mm. which sure we did. I mean, can't fault us for doing that. Uh, and it worked. But maybe there's something that we envision as a possibility which might not require quite so much protection. Mm. So we relinquish a little bit of protection and maybe we get uh, encouraged that mm. there's
1: something there. I'm remembering that in my first meeting there was some of those ideas that you talked about that completely changed. It was my whole orientation was around how do I get and be better and build myself up and become this superhuman version of myself. And all of that I see in retrospect was, you know, what I knew at the time, but the antithesis of this idea that there's something natural underneath and it's just taken off what's in the way. Let's see. I like how you've discussed something I felt all my life. This is Anthony. The consciousness of not having your default priority on the need to win can actually be a big secret to winning in sport, in, in business, in love, in life. A lot of people. Oh, someone's giving me a question here. How can we wean ourselves from playing with people who are only better at playing the sport we enjoy? Let me read that again so I get it. How can we wean ourselves from playing with people who are only better at playing the sport we enjoy? Example, our teachers, our coaches. It feels so great to play with someone better than ourselves. Thanks.
0: Uh, what I know of human nature, I'd say there is—I I would say there's probably a, a, a smaller percentage of uh, uh, in, of human behavior that seeks to be here than seeks to be here. So uh, I think that there are people, there are people that uh, that value and enjoy being over their heads and having to uh, uh, really dig down to do better. But I think if a person really examines their, the, their ordinary life for most of the moments of their life, people like to be here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So this isn't exactly an answer to that question, uh, because I, I would say to this person that if you look at the rest of your life, uh, I think that you would see that this particular uh, uh, behavioral process that you have, seeking, wanting to play with people, whatever you do, who are better than you, only applies to very isolated circumstances. And usually you would seek control and comfort, and control and comfort usually is uh, comes in the form of what I might say being here, being, knowing what's going to happen, uh, knowing the possibilities, being the person who is in the know. Uh, and, uh, so I would, I would address the question. I would address the question of how do we wean ourselves from always wanting to be in the know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, uh, maybe this particular person, Can go with me on this one. And uh, because, in order to go with me on this one, you would have to be not in the know. (laughs) So, uh, for a few moments, anyway, and recognize that uh, whenever we go into a situation where we're unfamiliar, we gird ourselves to the possibilities of what might happen there and the way we gird ourselves is uh uh what are what are the possible protections in this situation what can i do so to limit my vulnerability in this situation and uh generally if not always those involve. they it may involve not saying a word cuz in not saying a word you can't be stupid you could even be mysterious testify or, uh, <clears throat> or at least knowing some something about the subject that's being talked about, and you know, in these days, uh, I think I've written a, a, a Twitter about that. Wisdom is uh, wisdom is thought at of as uh, information smoothly presented, which basically I do. I'm a pretty smooth presenter, and I present present uh, uh, information, maybe unique information. So maybe I'm wise and maybe I don't wise. I'm don't. i not wise. A person would have to know me better to know all the other moments of how I am. But since we have that formula of, uh, of information uh, presented smoothly, we rehearse information to present smoothly. Mm-hmm. So if we were going to a particular gathering where we knew people would know things that we don't know, we would do a little research. And we might say it's a good reason to do research, and it might there might be a potential good reason to do research, but really a lot of the reason we do it is to protect ourselves uh, so that we can be here, so that we don't have to be here. Now this is, uh, this is uh, <clears throat> uh, we have been taught that to be in control, to be here, is the best place to be. I've talked about that, I talked about that earlier, But it could be at some point in life that we seek something that requires passivity. It could be because, you know, water flows downhill, water flows downhill. That some people even say to stand under is to understand. And to stand under is not, is a challenging something? And if we don't have some training for doing that, if we don't feel okay to be in that position, then how, when it's required of us, when it's not required from the outside, but if something we want requires that passivity, how do we come up with it? Where is it gonna come from? Mm -hmm. This is part of the reason why uh, our heroes are generally, and I hope I'm not entering too much of an area of of, uh, controversy here, because it's really not my purpose to do that, most many of our heroes are people who are no longer alive. We put their picture on the wall, we, put the, we think of them, we think of, of uh, people who are, and I'm not saying these people aren't remarkable, whether it's uh, uh, Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King or Abraham Lincoln or, or, uh, or uh, uh, Rilke, Rilke or, or some author or Shakespeare or whoever, whoever it is, whatever realm or Einstein But those people are not there for us to stand under. Our concept of them is they were great. So we can stand under our concept of them. But it's our concept of them that we stand under. We're not really standing under them. And so what happens is that we develop... Now I'm getting into some stuff I don't know if I want to get into, but I'll try a little bit. We develop a, a psyche, that, uh, since we're, we live in a democratic society, that everybody's entitled to an opinion. No matter what the subject is, and I've given the example before of people make movies. You know, Some people make movies and it takes ten years to make the movie. They have to buy the script, they have to hire, they have to wait for this, they have to raise the money. They've really dedicated their life for ten years, five years, to make a movie. We watch the movie, we walk out, nah, not that good. We have a comment about this life's work of this person, mm-hmm. not really understanding the gravity of it. And so <clears throat> I'm saying that our culture really uh, nurtures the feeling of be superior and you'll be safe. It, that's something that really has to be questioned. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I'm going to say about this subject. okay. I think I was doing great till then. <laughs> <laughs> Better not ask me any more questions. Okay. <laughs> it's got to go downhill from here, almost for sure.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, this gets interesting. How do we stay in the present moment and not cave into worry? when the threat of a dictatorship and a severe destruction of freedom looms. I hear you. It's,
0: uh, I sympathize with that. Uh, I sympathize with the, uh, um, uh, you know, I've said to somebody, I've said to somebody yesterday, in fact, uh, just yesterday, I really like the idea of this interview, of this dynamic, cause, because the, the, uh, the threat of it is sports. I like sports. I know sports. I'm a sports fan. Fan. I'm. You know. I'm a. I like that. And and I also like. I'd like to do another one about finance because I know finance. I like finance. You know. I know what to do with money. You know. I know how to make money. You know. I like that. Uh, I'd like to do one about cooking because I like to cook. I like to do that. You know. I, so <clears throat> I'm. I'm. I'm saying. I'm saying all this because. Uh, there's a, a thread to my idea of uh what's the what is what is the phrase that she uses there or he uses there whoever it the
1: threat of a dictatorship and a severe destruction of right. freedom right okay moves. yeah
0: so uh the idea of of politics as a uh as an answer to something is uh it's very shaky ground mm. First of all, because the people who get into politics. You know, we want, we want them to be a way that they really can't be, because of what they have to do to get there. Hmm. You know, you, you, you have to be phony to get into politics. You have to, you have to be nice when you don't want to be nice. Hmm. You have to have ideas that you don't really have. You can't, or else you won't be there. You could have great uh, 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 standards. But you won't be elected. So our expectation of politics is, is unrealistic. Hmm. And our lack of expectation of ourselves is is uh, is not what it should be. Uh-huh. You know, I I recognize there's the environment, I recognize so many things are not as they should be. But if people think that the elective process is going to change that, it it's not gonna change that. The thing that's going to change that is if you change, if you have peace, and you look out, you'll still have peace. Hmm. You know, if you have perspective and you look out at the world, you'll still have perspective. You'll have to, you'll be able to be compassionate. You'll be able to be giving. You'll be able to be reasonable. You'll be able to be more contemplative about things. I, I was listening before, before uh, earlier. I was sitting outside listening to uh, Bob Marley and <clears throat> in one of his songs he says, uh, uh, to be free is to know your mind, have no fear for atomic energy, it can't stop the time. Hmm. Now I know that, that uh, there's a thing with the oil and the thing, oh, there's all kinds of destructive elements there. But if you know yourself, I didn't say the words right, what are the words?
3: Emancipate yourself from mental slavery.
0: Yeah, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. <clears throat> uh, if you can emanci- emancipate yourself from mental slavery, and, and, you can, and you can, and you can, and you can, and you can, this world will look different. Mm-hmm. And maybe even eventually, probably not in our lifetime, not probably in any of our lifetime, but if that could take place, maybe it can, maybe it can't, probably can't, but maybe it can, then maybe political people will even be part of that emancipation from electric, uh from mental slavery. But as of now, we just have to accept that uh that uh the the, the what is it, the better of evils is about the best we can do. Mm-hmm. And put up put a little less energy into that, a little more energy into getting ourselves emancipated from our mental slavery. Hmm. I hope that's not misunderstood because I definitely, I would be probably aligned with most of the ideas of whoever wrote that question, I probably would be. Uh, But to make that, think that that's the answer, Uh, is probably unrealistic. Uh, Are there some more? Let's do one more. I think uh,
1: they've heard enough from me. Okay. All right. (laughs) From my mother. (laughs) Thanks for this wonderful interview. My question for Justin pertains to gender in sports. Oh, actually, it's uh, from my sister. Um, My question for Justin pertains to gender in sports. I've observed in myself and in those I coach a distinct difference between a male's access to play. By play, I mean creativity, exploration, and freedom. Females seem more focused on form, structure, and following the advice of others. Have you observed this? If so, where do you think this comes from?
0: I think it comes from all over the place. (laughs) I think it comes from just about every endeavor that uh, has delineated males and females, and it's certainly something that we have to address. We have to address the imbalance, we have to address the inequity, we have to address the way things have developed uh, in an unbalanced way, and we have to be acceptant and patient in recognizing that everyone is a victim. Everyone is a victim to this because uh, 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 women, carry a perspective that men cannot carry. Hmm. Men carry a perspective that women cannot carry. And that is not a sexist remark. There is something, men do not uh, carry the, the babies, and, uh, and women don't carry the seed that makes the babies. There is something going on there. Hmm. So uh, we're not changing that. So uh, everything beyond that is up for grabs hmm. and has to be reexamined because the, the, uh, the, the culture, whether it's race, whether it's sex, whether it's age, whether it's uh, handicap, whether, whatever it is, all those things have to be reexamined because we're not dealing with the latest of it. We're dealing with a history of it. And the history doesn't start with, with uh, the Civil War. The history starts, uh, <clears throat> I mean India is a thousands of year old culture. And there is a distinguishing element there between colors of skin. Mm. It didn't start with, uh, with slavery from the west coast of Africa to the United States. So mm-hmm. there is a history the history of males and females, I and mean, this this country is in its infancy. That uh, women got to vote a hundred years ago. I mean, a hundred years is like that in history. And imagine to be disenfranchised in that way, and to think, how could you possibly think of yourself as as being anything if you're not even allowed to vote?
3: Yeah. When
0: the Dumbbell next to you, you know, is, is just happens to be a man and he can vote. Mm-hmm. So, so much, so much has to be re-examined. And it has to take patience and willingness to change. And I think it's probably happening. Uh, in some ways it's happening more than others, but if there are ways that that isn't happening, those ways should come out because mm-hmm. uh, it's time.
1: I'm super grateful that this got to take place, and I hope this is beneficial to anyone watching now or later. And is there anything you want to say as we... More? (laughs) Just (laughs) then, you said No, I've said enough. Okay. Be well, everyone. Stay safe, and we'll see you some other time.